0: 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring today. Robert Half is here to help. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today.
1: Before we get started, it's almost time to wrap up the year and we want to take on your questions. Whatever you've been wondering about the economy, companies, stocks, bonds or markets in general, we want to know. Send us a note or a voice memo recording to take on the week at wsj.com. Or leave a voicemail at 212-416-3489. We might include your question in a special end-of-the-year episode. What's good, everybody? I missed you over the last couple of weeks while I was on vacation, but I am back. I'm Dion Roboan for The Wall Street Journal, and this is WSJ's Take on the Week the show where we break down the most important things to watch in business and financial news. We cut through the noise to get you ready for what matters. I know you could have been anywhere in the world, but you're here with me and I appreciate that. The stock market has been on a tear in recent weeks as bets that the Federal Reserve is done raising interest rates and expectations for the US economy to have a soft landing have come back in style. The Nasdaq 100, which includes the biggest U.S. tech stocks, touched its highest level of the year last week. An equity strategist at asset management firm Société Générale said that they expect the S&P 500 to get close to new record highs in early 2024. Investors have been buying stocks in a big way. But is all this bullishness backed up by the fundamentals? We'll talk about what we've learned from the latest earnings season and what the reports tell us about where the market is and where it's heading. Plus, we'll look at how a major international conference dedicated to reducing climate change could provide a big boost to oil companies. But let's start with the big picture. We've gotten earnings reports from about 95% of companies in the S&P 500, putting a virtual bow on third quarter earnings. And the numbers look pretty good. More than 80% of companies reported higher earnings per share than analysts had estimated. That's the highest percentage since the third quarter of 2021 and well above the average number of companies that have beaten expectations in the last five and the last 10 years. It was the first time earnings per share for the index overall were positive since the third quarter of 2022. But the stock market is forward-looking. So what does the information we've gotten about the third quarter tell us about what we should expect in the fourth quarter and beyond? Here to help us answer that are two voices from the Wall Street Journal's financial analysis column heard on the street, reporter Justin Lehart and editor Spencer Jacob. So, Justin, what's your biggest takeaway from this earnings season?
2: My big takeaway is that the slowdown in earnings that that we saw is over and that we're seeing growth reaccelerate. So we started to see that in the third quarter and, you know, to go by what analysts are expecting. That's something that's going to continue um, at least during the current quarter and probably into next year.
1: Yeah, the earnings recession is finally over, right? The long earnings recession that we had seen.
2: Yeah, And it's interesting, right? You know, this is maybe a good time to just sort of think about how crazy the economy is that we didn't have the recession yet. Mm -hmm. Maybe we will. But we have had a profits recession or something approaching a profits recession. Uh, We've had an inventory cycle, which is another thing that's usually associated with a recession. And then we didn't Mm -hmm. have a lot of other things. We didn't have, you know, massive job losses or or a real crunching of consumer spending.
1: In fact, we've seen pretty significant job gains.
2: Yeah, we've seen significant job gains, and the third quarter was quite good for consumer spending and for GDP.
1: Right, unexpectedly
0: good. Uh, Spencer, same question to you. So I'm going to take a bit different tack. I mean, the, the end of the year is a time when the market confounds your expectations. Mm-hmm. The market zigs when you expect it to zag. Mm-hmm. Right? Like that That's the one almost constant over the past several years. And I think that's the same thing this year. And I think the earnings, obviously it, it's positive that they have have recovered. Mm-hmm. But the thing that everyone is is looking at is interest rates. We got freaked out when the 10-year treasury note almost, or I guess you know, officially did not, hit 5% and then retreated from there. Mm-hmm. We had a good inflation number. And so now people are, are very relaxed. That is the, the thesis, that the next thing the Fed is going to do sometime next year, maybe even a couple of times next year, is to cut rates, we're out of the woods, big bad Fed, is off our backs. And that conventional wisdom uh, might blow up in people's faces. Before it does though, you're going to have something in all likelihood, called the Santa Claus Rally, mm. which is that you're calling
1: the Santa Claus Rally.
0: Yeah, well, that it, it, it's it's almost Santa a cost- rally already. I mean, <laughs> you know how the the Christmas decorations go up earlier yeah, and earlier. Yeah. So the Santa a- Claus Rally comes earlier and earlier because everyone knows it comes. I mean, that's I mean, just to kind of for those people who who may may have heard the term but don't know what it is, is that the stocks tend to do uh, pretty well in the fourth quarter, but especially well in the end of the year and right through the beginning of the year, at least. Yeah, right around Uh, the time Santa comes down the chimney. Right around the time that Santa comes down the chimney and he's bringing you stock gains. And the reasons for that are manifold. One is that people do tax loss selling. So if Mm -hmm. you've lost money on something, you kind of sell it close to the end of the year, you know, before December 31st, obviously, Mm -hmm. and then you redeploy that money in something else. Also that professionals kind of have wrapped up their books. And so the market is the playground more than usual of retail investors who tend to be more optimistic and tend to more kind of chase hot names mm-hmm. and you know and then, in January, you tend to have very clearly a trend of beaten down stocks, and you had that this year for sure, yeah, it continued for quite a while where the losers of the previous year. Can get a, a, a bid no matter how bad they are as, yeah. as stocks?
1: Something that stood out for me really was we did get this big increase in earnings growth, but much smaller revenue growth during the quarter. Uh, basically, companies were generating higher profits, but it wasn't because they were selling a lot more stuff. It was more because they were cutting expenses. What do you all make of that?
0: Yeah, you can't cut forever, obviously. Right. Um, companies have been cutting expenses And the top line should be growing. I think that people underestimated how smart executives can be when they take action and how many levers they have to pull Mm -hmm. individually at at companies. But overall- Profitability is – if you look at the level of operating profits to to revenue or operating profit margins, the S&P 500, they're actually pretty high historically.
1: Right, right. Profits have been good. And again, we moved up to net profit margins over 12 percent during this quarter, which basically means companies now making – about 12 cents from every dollar of sales. Mm-hmm. But, Spencer, as you said, you can't cut forever. So, Justin, I turn that question to you. I mean, what does that tell you about the rest of the year and about 2024? Look, I've been
2: saying that profit margins are too high for so long.
1: Profit now. margins
2: too high?
1: I mean, too what? high. Yeah. The, the thing, <laughs> no, that what do you mean? That's like too much no, fun. That means profit <laughs> is
2: good, but, but, they, but, but they're just, unsustainably, you know, high. unsustainably right, right, right. high. unsustainably high for, forever, that. right? Uh-huh. And – When you look at sort of labor share of the U.S. economy, it's down, profit share, it's up, and it just seems like, you know, gosh, something has to give here. And you're definitely seeing labor costs, right? Mm -hmm. You think that labor costs are going to be pretty robust here. Even if there are sort of gains in productivity, it looks like, yeah, you know, labor should be taking probably a bigger chunk out of sales than in the past. So, Mm. you know, I would guess that it's going to be Difficult for companies to continue to grow profit margins over the next year. The hope is, first thing, that we have an economy that continues to grow, and that that delivers the top line growth that we want. Um, and I guess the other sort of hope is is that um, we have increases in productivity. Mm-hmm. It's very hard to measure, right? But yes. that. If workers are able to produce more in any given hour, right, that's good for them and it's good for companies, right? And that could help out – profits and profit margins.
1: Yeah. Well, I will. I do want to say, though, I mean, the negative guidance we've gotten for Q4 has been much more negative than what we typically see, right? It's about two to one in terms of negative guidance versus positive. And just looking at the numbers from FactSet here, you've got uh, it's about been about 67 percent of companies have issued negative guidance, which is well above the five-year average and above the 10-year average. Uh, so this Q4 kind of write-down has been more extreme than usual
0: and, and maybe there is something to it because if you look at commentary from companies uh, that we're talking about and most third quarters are like the calendar third quarter right it ended at the end of September mm-hmm. uh, you had a number of companies saying yeah we did all right but there was a there was a slowdown towards the end of the mm-hmm. quarter so, exactly. so it could be that October saw a continuation of that trend that that we're finally seeing interest rates bite. It is just really too early to say because you're getting mixed messages. You have all these these surveys of companies like Institute for Supply Management surveys and Mm -hmm. things like that. You have these consumer surveys. So you're you're seeing a very mixed message. You've had periods in the past where you've had the preponderance of corporate guidance be pretty downbeat and then it was just a nothing burger. Mm -hmm. Uh, It could be that this time, finally, you're seeing interest rates bite consumers and bite their customers and you're seeing people... Tap on the brakes, and that that it's the beginning, the kind of first signs of an actual slowdown—not a recession, but mm-hmm. uh, but a, a slowdown in, in in business for industrial and consumer-focused companies.
1: We will be right back with more from our third-quarter earnings season wrap right after this.
0: Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. Robert Half is here to help. Our recruiting professionals utilize our proprietary AI to connect businesses with highly skilled talent. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today.
1: Let's get back to our conversation with Heard on the Street reporter Justin Lehart and editor Spencer Jacob. Now, I want to talk a little bit about the R word really quickly. The number of companies using the word recession on earnings calls was the lowest since the fourth quarter of 2021. That's well below the five year and the 10
2: year average. I mean, you can only say it so many
1: times, right? <laughs> People <laughs> no. are so wrong. Yeah, I they mean, it's so wrong. It's been consistently coming down the number of companies yeah. saying recession yeah. I mean, for the past five yeah. quarters in a row. But so, Justin, <laughs> let me ask you then. I mean, is it a good thing that companies are now so unbothered by recession fears?
2: I'm mean, sure it's better that they don't think that you know that they're not sort of henny pennying around anymore, thinking that you know the sky's falling. But it's You know, we're not out of the woods on a recession. Well, let me wrap it up with this. If
1: looking at this Q3 earnings season wrapping up, if you could describe it in one sentence and tell you what that says about where we're headed through the end of the year and into 2024. Spencer, I'll go to you first.
0: What it tells you is that uh, you should never underestimate the power of the American consumer and the willingness of the American consumer to to keep on spending despite negative economic headlines. And I'll throw in the caveat that after this holiday season, all bets might be off because the, the higher for longer rates might actually begin to cut into their household finances. But we'll get there when we see it. Yeah. Justin?
2: Yeah. I'd say that what we learned is that the profit recession was over, mm-hmm. um, that profits are growing again, that Profits at this point look like they're going to continue to be growing. And that doesn't take a recession off the table, but it does make recession less likely.
1: That was WSJ Heard on the Street reporter Justin Layhart and Heard on the Street editor Spencer Jacob. Unlike the stock market. The price of oil has been sinking over the past two months. Interestingly enough, a United Nations conference on climate change this week could turn out to be a big win for some of the world's biggest oil producers. I'll explain when we come back.
2: This message comes from Viking, committed to exploring the world in comfort.
1: The 28th annual United Nations Conference of the Parties, or COP28, kicks off this week in Dubai. The conference is all about governments getting together to agree on policies to address climate change. This has typically not been an event very friendly to oil companies, given the UN's assessment that oil and fossil fuels are a primary driver of climate change. But as the late great Biggie Smalls would say, things done changed. This year, companies like ExxonMobil and Chevron and the leaders of oil-producing companies like the United Arab Emirates, which not coincidentally is hosting the event, are being welcomed with open arms. My colleague Amrith Ramkumar is the journal's climate finance reporter, and we talked a little bit about the new role that big oil is playing in the clean energy space these days. Amrit says some of his sources are referring to COP28 as Big Oil Cop. We have seen this play out in the past year, year and a half since Russia invaded Ukraine, this acceptance of this idea that there is no energy transition without the biggest oil companies. In the US, last year's Inflation Reduction Act created billions of dollars of federal subsidies tax credits for hydrogen and carbon capture, which are the oil industry's favorite clean energy solutions, and they're solutions that scientists tell us we need a lot of. So. Uh, yeah, this is Big Oil Cop, and this is oil companies coming back to the table. And it's really striking because two years ago at COP26 in Glasgow, oil companies were basically sidelined and were told, we don't want you to come here <laughs> because we don't like your message. And now people have realized, well, we actually need all of the fossil fuels they produce, and we need them to build these clean energy solutions at scale. So it's a very striking dynamic and one that will play out throughout the week. That was Amrith Ramkumar, who covers climate finance for The Journal. COP28 starts on Thursday and runs through December 12th, so headlines could move oil and equity markets for the next two weeks. And that's everything you need to know to take on the week for Sunday, November 26th. The show's produced by Jess Jupiter. Jonathan Sanders is our booking producer. Michael Laval and Jessica Fenton are our sound designers. Michael also wrote our theme music. Aisha Al-Muslim is our development producer. Scott Zalloway and Chris Zinsley are the deputy editors. And Falana Patterson is the head of news audio for The Wall Street Journal. For even more, head to WSJ.com. I'm Dion
2: Raboan. Stay smart.